Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for taking the time to tune in. We're happy to be together this morning. Uh, I'm Micah, and this is Sarah, and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church. So this week, Jamie posted an optical illusion mm -hmm. on social media. I don't know if you saw it. If not, we'll post it again later. Um, but the, the optical illusion she posted was a picture that could either be seen as a goat or a bird. Now, I have a long history with optical illusions, and I'm terrible at them. I remember one specifically, it could be seen as like an old lady or a young lady, and I just... I remember looking at staring at that picture for hours trying to get my brain to see the other image and so when she posted this this week I really felt challenged and immediately I saw the cute little goat in that picture I saw the goat and then I just stared at it and stared at it and stared at it and finally I was able to see the bird that so many of the other people who had commented had had seen at first and what struck me about this is that how my brain, once it sees an image and interprets that image, how hard it is for me to view that same image from a different perspective and to refocus and reinterpret and reanalyze that information that my brain is receiving. And, and this is so true. What we focus on affects both what we see and what we can't see. Absolutely. So last week, as we've been in this series in, this, in the book of Acts, one of the challenges that we laid out at the end was that we pray together. We were recognizing mm -hmm. that the first century church and we as a church uh, are marked by a people of prayer who come together to pray together. And two of the things that we specifically listed as things that as a church we could be praying together about were the pandemic in our nation and that being specifically where division exists. Now, two days later, election day came. And uh, if you're anything like us, I think most of our nation, we are feeling anxiety or frustra frustration or confusion in this moment. That is a reality right now. And though we seem to have a president-elect, we know that this journey is not mm -hmm. over. And so we wanted to speak today to uh, what it looks like to pursue unity, both as a nation, but more specifically as followers of Jesus. Where is unity found and hope found in these incredibly tumultuous mm -hmm. and difficult times? Uh, I was listening to a news report this morning, and uh, one of the commentators was saying, I just want us to remember that we have so much more in common than we have that divides us. And I was just thinking about as a church, that is us, we have so much more in common. We have Jesus in common. And so like Sarah began to say a minute ago, we fix our eyes on Jesus, we find our commonality, and out of that, we can begin to engage the challenges that we're facing right now. These are definitely challenging times. And though our circumstances are fairly unique to us in, in 2020 right now in this time and place, um, having challenging seasons is not new. That's not unique only to us. And especially when there's this language of us and them and, and division and, and that kind of um, mentality going on, that's, this isn't the first time that this has happened. So in the first century Israel, when Jesus came and when the first um, century church started, those were also really challenging times. There was much political tension 
at that time. Israel was a vassal state of Rome and they didn't want to be that. And so there was a whole lot of political tension going on. There was a whole lot of racial tension at the time. So you had the Romans and the Jewish people and there was tension there. You had tension with them and the Samaritans, tensions with the different Gentile peoples that lived in Israel at that time. And then there was also religious tension. A lot of different um, thoughts and beliefs in Judaism and different Jewish groups. And then you had the Samaritans who had a different perspective and you had different religions. And so when we read scripture, especially the gospels and the letters, we see that these were really trying times. Yeah. So over and over, Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God or the mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven. It is coming uh, and it has come was the language that he used. And so today we ask ourselves, what does it look like to be kingdom people in the context of today's turmoil, division or challenges that exist? In Acts chapter two, where, where we've been studying, uh, it spoke of a people with a common vision, mm-hmm. a, a common heart, a common intention in this world to participate in God's work. And we're so fortunate to have the example of Jesus as we explore. So what does it look like to live into God's kingdom in the midst of our nation or in the midst of the things happening in the world around us? Um, Paul in Hebrews describes it in this way. He says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and when he's speaking there, he's speaking of Israel's history, Mm -hmm. uh, great people of faith through whom God accomplished remarkable things. So he says, since we have this heritage, this history, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. There's so much in there, this great cloud of witnesses, people who've come before us and also people running alongside us. And and he says, we're not alone. We have this great crowd of witnesses. And then he says, throw off the things that hinder, the things that distract us from Jesus and the sin that easily entangles us, those actions and attitudes that are not aligned with God and his will. Throw those off and run the race with perseverance. And Paul uses a sports analogy here. And whatever sport you're you're into, to be a successful athlete, you have to really hone in on the goal. You have to really persevere and focus in on what you want to accomplish. And Paul says here, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hone in on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Everything revolves around Jesus and we're to live our life to run our the the race so to speak focusing on Jesus. So while it's very true that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, it might be easy or a simple conclusion to draw to say so I put my head in a hole and Jesus <laughs> yeah. and I do our thing. But let me say that is not the message of scripture, nor is it the example that Jesus set for us. So we want to explore a little bit. What was the example that Jesus set for us in difficult times in life? And uh, first and foremost is just a foundational understanding of who Jesus was. Jesus as God, a part of the Trinity, came to dwell amongst us. 
Where the mess existed, he did not fix it from afar, but instead he came. In John chapter 1, he describes it in this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And John goes on to to say more. He says, the Word, speaking of Jesus, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Such beautiful imagery and so profound and and basic, central to how we understand God and his work in the world and Jesus and who he was. Instead of fixing the problem of evil and destruction from afar, uh, he came incarnate is the word we use in the church. Incarnate meaning uh, he came in, in human flesh. He became humanity and he walked amongst us. He dwelt with us. He walked alongside humanity through the mess. He got his hands dirty in the process of bringing hope and healing in this world. And while on earth, Jesus um, engaged in the realities of the time and place that he was in. He, He engaged. In fact, Jesus was actually asked controversial political questions. And sometimes we read scripture and we don't see that because we don't know the times. But I'm thinking specifically of Mark 12, when some Pharisees and Herodians teamed up and came to Jesus to trap him. And now the Pharisees and the Herodians typically didn't get along because the Pharisees opposed Roman rule and the Herodians supported Roman rule, but they both disliked Jesus. And so they came to Jesus to set a trap for him. And so they come and they ask him in front of a a big crowd, they ask him this question, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay it or shouldn't we? I mean, you got to bring in taxes, right? When you're talking politics. (laughs) And so they ask him this question and it's a trap because if he says, yes, you should pay taxes then the whole audience who's predominantly Jewish would be really upset with him. And if he says no, then the, the Roman officials who have the power would, would be upset with him. And so he, he responds by asking for one of the coins, the denarius that they use to pay the tax. And he says, bring me this coin. And so they hand him the coin and he shows him the coin and he says, whose image is on this coin? And they say it's Caesar because Caesar's image was on the coin. And hear the words of Jesus. He says to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Give back to Caesar's what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And so Jesus' reasoning here is this coin bears the image of Caesar. So it belongs to Caesar. So um, yes, you need to pay taxes to Caesar, but he doesn't stop there. Then he says, and to God, give back to God what is God. So following the same line of reasoning that if it bears Caesar's image, then it belongs to Caesar. He's saying, give to God whatever bears his image. Well, what bears the image of God? We do. Humanity. In Genesis 1, God created humanity in his own image, male and female. He created them. And so Jesus says, yes, you'll need to pay taxes to Caesar, but also remember that you bear the image of God. Remember that you belong to God 
Offer yourselves wholly to God, honor him and serve him and let your identity in God and your relationship to God determine how you engage in everything else. Such a beautiful point and concept. And so Jesus came to earth and then he speaks to the mess and the challenges of the day and reminds people, hey, give yourself to God in the midst of this. And finally, he dealt with deep compassion for people uh, in, in the interactions that he had. He had deep compassion uh, when he was healing people or teaching people, often across social boundaries and norms of the day, Jesus demonstrated such compassion as he would take a child on his knee when society mm -hmm. had little room or interest mm -hmm. in children, they had little face or voice within the culture, he would say, no, these children are important. Come come to me. Uh, or when he would be confronted with a sinful people or situations, uh, instead of treating them with the uh, disdain that culture had for them, no, he would make room at the table for them, invite them to mm -hmm. a new way of life. So, how did Jesus deal with challenging and tumultuous times? Well, first he came and he was present in them, and then he engaged in the challenges with compassion and with love. So what does it look like in our lives to follow the example of Jesus? First of all, I think it's important to note that we're not alone. In fact, in John 16, Jesus says, it's good that I'm leaving because when I leave, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is called our advocate, our guide, our teacher, the presence of God dwelling within us. And the Holy Spirit um, is a giver of gifts. So Paul in Galatians, he speaks to this when he speaks, uh, when he writes about the fruits of the Spirit the things that the Spirit will produce in us, will give us. In Galatians 5, starting in verse 22, he says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the gifts of the Spirit, some of the gifts of the Spirit that He is producing in us. And so sometimes when we think of a gift, you know, we think of Christmas morning. The gifts are wrapped up all nice and neat with a little bow on top. And then you, you know, one minute you don't have this item. And then the next moment you've torn the wrapping paper off and now it's yours and now you have it. And I'd say sometimes we receive gifts from the Holy Spirit that are that instantaneous and that quick. But more often than not, these gifts of the Spirit are received through the slow process of transformation um, a really great book um, is called Invitation to a Journey. It's written by Robert Mulholland. And he writes about spiritual formation and what, what that is and what that looks like. And he describes spiritual formation as something that God, the Holy Spirit, is doing inside of us. And here's his definition. He says, spiritual formation is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of of others. And I love that definition. It's this process. It takes time. And, and he writes that it, it starts in those places where we're unlike Christ, that, that the Holy Spirit confronts those places where we're unlike Christ and then begins to develop in us the fruits that reflect the image of God. Yes, yeah, so Sarah just read Galatians 5. Uh, the Spirit is mm -hmm. giving us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. 
And you know what? In, in seasons like this, where the media is telling us to place all our attention on either the pandemic or the election or all these things, it can be really easy to lose our focus mm -hmm. on some of the things central to us, most central to us, like Jesus and what the Spirit is doing in our lives, in our communities, and in the world. And so Sarah and I, as we were reflecting on just the season that we're in as a nation, but our faith this week, we're beginning to think about but what is the Spirit doing in and around us? And so it begins with love. And, uh, you know, we as a church, the Vine Church, we are a diverse people, uh, diverse in many aspects, uh, in, in many different ways, um, in our thought, in our theology, in our political views, we are a diverse mm -hmm. people. And what's been fascinating to me in the past weeks has been being a part of and hearing other people reiterate to me, um, conversations of diverse views, perspectives, or belief systems, and yet civil conversations. Conversations that revolve around differences, but sitting at a table together or making a phone call and having civil and loving conversations about the things going on. You know, diversity can be beautiful, uh, but it is the love of Christ that enables diversity to be everything and as beautiful as it can be. The Spirit is producing in, a, in us a love that transcends the challenges we're facing. In this season, I've also seen the Spirit produce joy. Um, you know, with the pandemic, it's been a season of isolation for, for many of us where we just don't see as many people and our friends as much as we would like to. And I know for me, the spirit is producing joy through community. And sometimes that's in a phone call or in a note, a card that I received from someone. Remember a couple weeks ago, we had a, an outdoor event at Middleton Farms and I got to see people I hadn't seen for the last six months and, and how joyful that was. And that's the spirit producing joy in us um, through through being a part of a community of believers. And the Spirit is producing peace, which is a little bit of an ironic topic uh, for me to have, have taken on this week, because between the pandemic and the election and our church making huge moves towards the purchase of this facility and next steps, it is so exciting, yeah. <laughs> but I've got to say, I'm, I'm experiencing yeah. as much anxiety right now in my life mm -hmm. as maybe I ever have. And yet one of the gifts of the spirit is peace. And the other, the other night I was sitting out on the porch and I saw that I was watching the sunset. And isn't it interesting that often the most beautiful sunrises or sunsets happen on the backside of a storm? All the dust particles and moisture in the air produce this beauty as the light begins to shine through. And my prayer is that that is the experience of us as a church, of us as a nation throughout the world, that in the midst of these challenges, we would know the peace of looking at the beauty of what God is shining into this circumstance in this time. The Spirit also produces patience in us. And for me, the Spirit has had ample opportunity uh, lately to produce patience in, in me and in us. You know, there's so much sickness right now and, and so much pain in our world that for me, it's been a season of really crying out to God and for, for Him to change things and then waiting on Him patiently. And as challenging as this waiting 
can be. I'm reminded of Psalm 27. It's a Psalm of David when he was going through some extremely difficult things. This is what he wrote. He wrote, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. And as challenging as this pandemic has been, I too am confident that as we wait on the Lord in patience, we will see his goodness. And we've seen a remarkable amount of kindness uh, cropping up um, in us and in our neighbors throughout this season, uh, Mm -hmm. specifically as a church. um, The number of people that in addition to the giving that they do on a weekly or monthly basis, people have been sending money saying, I know it's a difficult time for people and I just want to help. I don't need to know who, I just want to help. We are seeing Mm -hmm. the Spirit producing just kindness in the lives of people. We've seen goodness, like you said, with our neighbors. You know, last weekend was Halloween, and because of the pandemic, the girls didn't get to celebrate like they normally do. And yet, so many of our neighbors went out of their way to make sure that our girls had a fun, celebratory weekend. And it's sometimes those small acts of goodness and kindness that mean so much. Yeah. And may the Spirit give us more faithfulness Mm -hmm. that as we struggle with the anxiety, the hurt, the frustration or confusion or whatever we're feeling in this moment, may we be a people receiving faithfulness Mm -hmm. that calls us into a posture of prayer and trust in this time. Also seeing the Spirit produce gentleness. Um, during this season for, for us, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had to apologize to my children for my tone of voice. You know, we're talking about months on end at home with the family. And, and so gentleness in relationships, that's, that's a gift. And so that is something that I've seen God working in me and working in us as we communicate and learn to live together constantly. Um, that gentleness is a beautiful fruit of the spirit. And finally, self-control. May we be self-controlled in the things that we say and in the ways that we react and engage in conversation during both this pandemic Mm -hmm. and this election season. So today our goal um, has been to consider how we focus on Jesus and engage the challenges that we're facing as Jesus did. And how we had to consider how the Holy Spirit is working in us, transforming us and producing in us these fruits of the Spirit that reflect the character of God. And we are called as Jesus followers to imitate Jesus and to engage in our current circumstances with these fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, so may we fix our eyes on Jesus, not to hide from the challenges we face, but instead to engage them through his lens and in his ways. If today you enter this moment having felt uh, overwhelmed or frustrated uh, in, in the days that have passed, Uh, We encourage you, we encourage ourselves, Mm -hmm. let's practice our faith, leaning into relationship with God, inviting the Holy Spirit to produce in us peace and joy and Mm -hmm. hope and the things that God is desiring to bring about in our lives. If you find yourself in the season of a pandemic feeling distant from people or even distant from God, we encourage us all to choose a posture of prayer and trust and to reach out to people and to God in loving and compassionate conversation and relationship. And finally, if this is a season in which you feel like I just have to engage, I have to say something, I have to do something in this moment, please do 
use your voice mm -hmm. and also use your hands and feet to participate in bringing about God's good, good work in this world. So our invitation today is twofold. First of all, all right, we're invited to fix our eyes on Jesus, to focus on him, um, to choose, you know, choosing what we focus on is the lens through which we interpret everything that's happening around us. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus and our prayers that we might see the world as he sees the world. And then our second invitation is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We're invited to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to transform us and to produce in us fruits of the Spirit and to, to live into those, to engage with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let's pray about that. God, thank you for this day and a time mm -hmm. where we can reflect upon both the challenges that we're facing, but the mm -hmm. fact that we don't change or face them alone, that God, you are with us, uh, that Jesus came in human flesh, set an example and taught us a new way in this world. Spirit, we invite you to transform us, to continue to work in us, to be transformed into the image of Christ mm -hmm. and to participate in the good things that you desire to bring about in this world. God, in place of our fear, or our frustration, mm -hmm. bring peace. God, in the place of our um, frantic activity to try to solve problems, give us trust. God, help us mm -hmm. in this time and this season to lean into you, Spirit. We thank you for your nearness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So each week we've been leaving you with a worship song, and today I want to leave you with a song by Toby Mac called I Need You. Some of the lyrics that really stood out to me, he, he sings, On my darkest days when I'm losing faith, Lord, I need you. Lord, we need you. And that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. And this is kind of an upbeat song, and so I know it's already brought us joy because as we were listening to it, trying to decide what song to post, Rachel walked in the room and just started dancing. And so our prayer is that this is a worshipful song for you and that it brings some joy. Hey friends, thanks again for joining us. We love you and can't wait to see you again soon. Blessings. Bye.